travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the weirdness. Why are we wearing bras on our heads? The history. Live Aid. We're coming together. And the simple pleasures. All I hear some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Welcome to Stuck in the 80s, road trip style. We're on our way to Clearwater, Florida. We're going back to the 80s. Tonight's epic show, Rick Springfield, Eddie Money, Loverboy. I'm taking my shirt off. <laughs> Kathy. Hey, <laughs> here, here, here's a nipple. We got puppies. Yes, you can. It is. So it's like whenever uh, like a TV show becomes a move, movie, they always have like some gratuitous nudity in it. Yeah. So this is the special show. Here's my nipple right there. 4:51. We see Sean's nipple. No, but you know, really, what I feel like is that we we're facts of life goes to Paris right now. No. This is a big time. no. Nudity. Spears. Show me your. <laughs> Stuck in the 80s on the road. I want to know who everybody wants to see tonight. Who are you most looking forward to seeing? Uh, Loverboy, actually. Really? I, be, I know that sounds weird. They're, the first yeah. band I ever saw back in 1981, Loverboy, when they opened up for Journey. And they rocked then. And when you look at their catalog now, it's, it's fantastic. Catalog, you make them sound so... <laughs> they, they do. I can't wait. I cannot. When they, when they queue up Queen of the Broken Hearts, I'm going to jump out of my skin. I don't even know that song. <laughs> you will. Uh, you will. Uh, uh, there'll be no singing. There'll be no singing. No. So we, we begin our epic journey tonight on the way to Ruth Eckerd Hall in Clearwater, Florida. It, this this trip will take us all of about seven minutes. Seven minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Road trip. So, Kathy, who are you most looking forward to seeing? Rick Springfield. Why is that? Because I love him. Why do you love him? Cause, why? Cause he's saying Dr. Noah Drake. Right. Well, Dr. Noah Drake, and I'm Sean, getting. Sean, who are you looking forward to seeing most? <laughs> just, hey, my my nipple doesn't say something. Free me, uh, Eddie Money. Yeah. Baby, hold on to me. But Eddie Money looks like the crypt keeper now, so uh, that's not fair. Actually, if if I I'm looking forward to meeting, if I can meet Patty Smythe, that would be pretty cool. That's not all I heard you want. No, no, that's not true. Do you think you have a shot with Patty Smythe? I think that uh, if I try that, John McEnroe is going to show up my doorstep with a graphite racket. So that's a, that should be enough to dissuade me right there. But I like it to Patty Smythe. So why don't you tell the people uh, that we've already had a little wrinkle so far? Yeah, uh, we had some bad news on the way to the show. Sean calls and tells us that Rick Springfield is actually sick tonight. Do we know what he's sick with? We don't know what he's sick with. It's probably best best that we don't know. And uh, our scheduled interview with him for 5 o'clock or 6 o'clock has now been pushed to 9 o'clock. I think, I think some of his toupee glue ran into his eyes. There's a, some slight irritation. No, no, Rick is not. Uh, the, the, the woman from uh, the venue, Ruth Eckerd Hall in Clearwater, Florida, called and said, Rick is ill and that he um, he's not coming to the show till 9. He comes on at 10, but then he might talk to us at 9 o'clock. So. Mike? Might. And then there's a, we've been invited to the meet and greet after hours swing and shindig afterwards. 
Well, meet and greet's better than nothing. We'll get something out of him. So our promised half-hour interview with him may not happen. Okay, so tell me... Sean, tell me about your... What was the first concert you ever saw? First concert I ever saw was Cinderella and Judas Priest. I've told this story before. And my friend Dustin Chapman and I didn't know what to wear to a concert. And so I, so I wore a, uh, uh, this really uh, tight Boston Red Sox jersey, which is, I don't even know what I was thinking, like sports, that I was be somehow subversive. But Dustin wore a mesh, <laughs> a mesh, a mesh, like, workout jersey where you could basically see his nips, you know? And at the time, it didn't make any sense. But now that what we know about Rob Halford from Judas Priest, it, it was, was like, you know, was, it was eye candy for Rob. So it was great. But when we pulled up, we saw it at... Uh, Hershey Stadium in Hershey Park, PA, uh, where they do, in fact, pump the smell of chocolate into the air. And uh, when we showed up, there are people, there are protesters. You know, the Christian right was protesting, but Judas Priest fans were throwing broken bottles at him. And Dustin in his best shirt is like, man, we got to get the hell out of here. I was like, no, we got to rock. And then I went in, immediately went in and took off my Boston Red Sox shirt and I bought a... a Judas Priest jersey. It was the Ram It Up tour. So on the front Ram had this big, up. big. And now what we know about Rob. Yeah, now we know about Rob Halford. But uh, on the front was a big blue silver fist, and on the back it said, you know, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, Ram It Down, Ram It Down, Ram It Up, the Ram It Down tour. And so on the on the front it said, Ram, you know, uh, Ram It Down. On the back was a big metal middle finger that said, Shove It Up. And as soon as I came home that night, my mom's like, I'll be taking that. I'm like, oh, man. So I had to take off that shirt again and put on my cheesy Boston Red Sox. So that was it. But it was great. But the thing is, um, we left before the encore. We thought that was it. Good night, night, Hershey, Pennsylvania. We're like, okay, that's it. And as we're driving out, we notice we're the only car leaving. And we hear the roar of a motorcycle for you guys. And I think coming. And we're like, I think there are a couple more songs they're playing. So that's what we saw. A lot of boobies. We saw a lot of boobies and uh, made a lot of friends, and it was good. I love it. I love when people ask me that, you know? Kathy, what was your first concert? My first concert was Duran Duran at the Rosemont Horizon, 1984, the Seven and the Ragged Tiger Tour. Classic. It was, was, you know, and I was a huge Durani, so it was perfect. Were you wearing a mesh shirt that showed off your... Uh, No, I was not wearing a mesh shirt that showed off anything. No, I think I was wearing a Duran Duran shirt. Fancy that. In fact, when I saw, I had the uh, Seven and the Ragged Tiger Tour shirt, and when I saw them at... uh, the uh, St. Pete Times Forum, there was a girl wearing the exact same shirt from 84, vintage, yes. I actually, the first the first uh, concert I ever saw was October 22nd, 1981, Loverboy opening up for Journey. And of course, the concert shirt from that night I have now rebought, and I wear it to all our big events, except for tonight, I'm not wearing it. I know. And, uh, but uh, no, it was a good show, and I'm looking forward to seeing Loverboy again. We're about two miles away from Ruth Eckerd. <laughs> As our cavalcade of horrors continues here tonight, God only knows who else will call in sick. <laughs> hey, look, Eddie Money on the radio. Eddie Money on the radio, guys. Take me. Oh no way! This is Take Me Home Tonight. Just like a runaway, be my love. 
We're in Ruth Eckerd Hall now, and uh, we're not we're not going to be in the green room after all. We're we're being located that's, upstairs. That's Jill, why she hates Jill, us. why do you hate us so much? <laughs> this is Jill from Ruth Eckerd Hall. Hi, we're going to dressing room nine now. Wait, is that better than dressing room eight? Yes, <laughs> it's the best dressing room. Well, you can still smell the beans, so at least we get to enjoy the uh, the, the smell of catering. That was me. So now we've already passed through all the yeah. We've already passed all the uh, dressing rooms for Rick Springfield and Eddie Money and Scandal. Okay, so we finally have found our seats. Showtime is minutes away. Any parting shots, Mr. Daly? I really want a beer. Uh, I feel you, dog. I feel you. Patty? Patty. Patty? <laughs> I'm fixating on Patty Smythe. Patty. Where are you, Patty? is I answer to Patty since it's my sister's name so I, I would be like oh okay um, I'm with some we are sitting in probably what nine rows up on the side we got great seats I'm excited and uh, I could go for a beer too <laughs> alas true to our ethics we are stone sober and we will remain that way until the task is done just for you 80s fans Enjoy the show. We have just finished listening to Scandal. I am floored. Sean? <laughs> the whole time, Steve has this look on his face like you're, he's envisioning being on stage, like massaging her shoulders. And then for Goodbye to You, she took off her shoes. And I swear to God, I thought he was going to stab me so he could like, get out of his seat and go have Patty Smythe to himself. It's very funny. This is not true. I have never seen you, Steve, look so giddy. You were like a little schoolboy. You were. You were. You're smitten. He actually, when she kicked into the warrior, and basically we were all just sitting around waiting for two songs, which is fine, you know. And she was good. Her voice still sounds great. Uh, you know, she has that Brooklyn, that rough Brooklyn thing going with her voice, so you're never sure if she wants to seduce you or, like, sell you deli meats. But, uh... But when she when she kicked into the warrior, I swear to God, he kind of giggled a bit, like he <laughs> like she wasn't gonna do that, like he was so happy. Anyway, it's really cute, Steve. I'm happy for you. To give him props, Patty still does look hot, and apparently has had six children. So I give her props. So speaking of Patty Smythe, I actually talked to her earlier this week, 
And uh, she spent a half hour with me on the phone, and she uh, told a lot of great stories, which we'll use for a later podcast. But here's one of my favorite ones, where she kind of explains the whole rumor about her almost joining Van Halen. Oh, that's excellent. Oh, yeah. You want to hear it? Right after yes. DLR, right? Right after David Exactly. Here we, and here, here's what she had to say about it. You know, um, um, Valerie was a big fan of ours, of mine, and we met... And I'm trying to think about how we met. I think they must have come to see us at a show in L.A. And then that night, they literally got on the tour bus with us, and they went around the country with us for about three days. And he played with us every night, and it was really great. He said to me then, and I was right after David Lee Roth had left, he said, you know, I I want you to sing in the band. I want you to be the lead singer in the band, and I really want you to think about it, blah, blah, blah. You know, a year goes by, and I'm eight months pregnant all of a sudden, and... He comes and does Letterman, or she did Letterman, and then he sat in with the band or whatever. And we all went out to dinner, like Paul Schaefer and Danny Korchmar was there again, and all these people. And he turned to me and said, "Listen, you have to give me an answer now because I've got to start making this record, and you got to tell me if you, if you, you know, want to sing in the band or not." And I said no, right off the top of my head, without even thinking about it. I just said no because it was just not the right time for me. You know, I'm, I was a New Yorker. I did not want to move to L.A. Um, I was about to have a kid. Um, those guys were drunk and fighting all the time, him and his brother, which was kind of like, you know, it just was not where I was at in my head. And in retrospect, I probably could have given it a little bit more thought. And I can't say that there haven't been moments when I have regretted not doing it. But if I had done it, I would never have written Sometimes Love is Staying Enough or No Mistakes or I Should Be Laughing, and a lot of songs that I'm really proud of writing. But I would have liked to have done one record with him. I think it would have been great. I think it was a brilliant idea of his. I think it would have been just kind of completely mind-blowing, you know, to have, like, a a woman step into that. And I was... It wasn't because I was afraid to step into it, because that wasn't it at all. It just isn't the time when you're eight months pregnant, you know, to, like, change everything in your life and step into Van Halen. We're being subjected right now to some really lame comic who's on the stage between the bands, and I can't take any more of it. So we're, we're going to bid adieu because Loverboy's coming out any second now, and uh, I don't think we can top scandal, but we're going to try. Oh man! So anyway, we just got upstairs from Lover Boy, and uh, look, and we're waiting for any second now some of our Lover Boy uh, band members to come in here and talk to us. Yeah, and we're also waiting for Rick Springfield. And we I think know. there could be a perfect storm of '80s icons right. happening oh any second. Oh my god! I can't wait. So we just we just caught your set downstairs. Unbelievable! Oh, we have. Thank you. Yes. Here, just, uh, introduce your, uh, yourselves again, real quick, right here. Uh, Doug Johnson, keyboard player with the band Lover Boy. All right. And Paul Dean, Holy. guitar player. <laughs> Uh-oh. Hey, and we got Rick Springfield just walked in, too, with a glass of wine. Um, hey, we're, 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 uh, these are the guys from Loverboy. Uh, they just got off the set. Uh, off. How, do you guys you need to do this right now? No, no. 
Go ahead. Two minutes. Thank you very much. Let me. Uh, sorry, let me do a second. Um, so. Uh, all this is casual, huh? It's casual. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So, um, I had a guy behind me in a in a black tank top, just going nuts for working for the weekend. You know, and is it? Does it? Is it? How do you guys feel about this song? That you know, you, you the might little be a little song sick that could. The little it just s- keeps yeah. coming back. It's in movies. It's just where this has these legs that just are unbelievable. But can you still have fun? Honestly, still have fun singing it, doing it, performing it. It's new every night. It really is. There's Honestly. always some subtle differences. It's always new. What was new about it tonight? Uh, well, there was. Well, you I walked had, into I, that one. I had no wah wah. That was different. <laughs> oh, what happened there? I don't know what happened. We, I didn't get a sound check today. I came down for it, but that didn't happen. Something that happens when you got four bands in the same bill. Yeah. It's not a little oversights, but yeah, you know what? You just put a big smile on your face and go, "Hey, who loves you?" I don't think anybody down there noticed noticed that. No, that. no. no. Oh. You guys got a standing ovation. How's that feel? Wow, that's nice. That's really nice, and I mean that. It's yeah. great to see that. You know, I mean, it's when they stand up, it's like an acknowledgement. Twenty-seven years we've been doing this, and and yeah. it's like to, to get that sort of a you know gesture is very flattering. Where is this on the tour? Have you guys? Uh, is this uh, midway on the tour, or we're we're, we're down to uh, doing weekends now? We we got a couple more weekends, and we're going to take some time off and do a bit of writing and hanging with our families and that but we toured all summer we did about this is probably our 70th show this year 70? 70 yeah oh Oh my god and uh, we're just working this weekend and we got this is the middle of our three day tour and tomorrow we're in Hollywood right 70 my and you, you guys still have fun you're in good shape well thank you thank you that keeps you in shape. Yeah. I guess so. I guess yeah. so. The first what? show I ever saw was you guys. The first concert I ever saw in my life, 1981, October 22nd, Lakeland Civic Center. You guys opened for Journey on the Escape Tour. I had never seen a concert before in my life. All of a sudden, you, the stage explodes. And I'll never forget like the, that half-hour set that you guys played that night. Well, thank you. Just, and and yeah, we opened with Working for the Weekend. I remember that, too. Yeah? yeah. So oh, it, it pretty much exploded. That was a good package, Journey and Loverboy. That yeah, was kind of one of those tour. definitive cool. 80s sort of packages. Yeah. But why? Uh, so tonight, no uh, loving every minute of it. We had 45 minutes to play. We had a lot of songs we'd, yeah, I we guess would have so. loved to yeah. play. When it's over, we would love to play that, too. But, hey, uh, um, is it uh, who just is it Epic or Legacy? Somebody just remastered um, Get Le- Lucky, right? Legacy, yeah, they did uh, Get Lucky. A real nice yeah. job of that, too. It sounds cool. good. It looks good, all that stuff. Put three new songs on there, too. You catch those? Yeah. The, I early, early songs. Yeah. Demos from 81. Wow. And 80. That's way, great. Way oh, back. Wow. So that yeah. stuff is like... I, I was wondering about like demos and things. So at the time, somebody is smart enough to... They're, they're keeping this stuff. They're hanging on to it. Even though at the time, you have no idea if, that it's going to be... I got everything. 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 Oh, You're a pack smart. rat. He Most is. of that, that, that stuff, one of those things was a cassette wow. that, that I dubbed down in the Pro Tools onto my laptop. And it was it was me and Mike with a acoustic guitar, just the two of us singing into this little ghetto blaster with a four inch speaker and a little mic up in the corner yeah. and a volume and a tone and a, you know the, the four little switches to make it play. That was our reference thing. That's how we mixed everything. We we take all the mixes for the the first album, and that's what we wrote all those early songs on. Mike's still having fun too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's is. funny, like you know, he always had that sweat band there, and I always thought it for for show until tonight. I saw him <laughs> ring his, 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 his bandana. Yeah, saw yeah. him ring it out. Yeah. It's like yeah. a gallon yeah. of water spilled out. I know. Out. And, and everyone's kind of rocking, but then everyone's kind of like, ew. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Well, then, 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 then
and he did. He actually he took it off his head. He wrung it out. Yeah, like enough to fill out an eight eight ounce glass of whatever. Totally. And then handed it to this woman who was absolutely just elated that she held it. She now has that Mike Reno DNA. We'll never wash it. Yeah, probably. Put in a hyperbaric chamber for twenty five years and you know on the wall. Well, that's great. Watch it grow. Yeah. Well, anyway, well, listen, I think we got we got Rick Springfield out there. We got again here real quick. Cool. But you guys were great, and you know, like I said, to 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 look, you know, I stood up working, you know, worked for the weekend. I turned around, I see these people. It's just genuine. People are like air guitar. I mean, what you guys do for them, it, it's really nice. Well, it's genuine from us too, and it, it spreads. I mean, it's, I think it starts with starts with us, and then they build on it, and we build on that, and we go back and forth. Yeah, band and audience. I mean, you guys could come out there, and you could just, you know, what seventieth show, and just whatever. But these people really, you know, they respond yeah, to it. Yeah, it was a very good rea- reaction to that. Yeah, totally. you guys are yeah. genuine. Thank you very much. Right. Great, X, excellent. Yeah. Thank cool. you. Great. Thank you. Okay. You know, the crowd here is just incredible tonight, but we were lucky because we actually cornered a couple fans out in the concourse, and we got them to tell their stories about why they're here and uh, what they're looking forward to hearing. We you guys- talked to the ultimate Rick Springfield fan. She's also ultimately hot. Sorry. Yes, Kathy, I, I apologize, but she is. And she has a great story you know, about... You the guys? This is a great story about... Her name's Shannon, and uh, she's 40 years old, and she met Rick Springfield on her honeymoon. Let her tell the story, Sean. Here we go. So Shannon here, uh, there's intermission at the, Stuck the, or at the We Are The 80s show, and Shannon has the ultimate Rick Springfield story? Okay, all right. Well, I have to take you back quite a few years. It was uh, 1984. Tallahassee Civic Center, and I was I was 14, <laughs> and I was I was in love with Rick Springfield, and I was also a member of a Girl Scout troop. I could not drive at age 14, so my mom decided to take myself and four other lucky girls in my Girl Scout troop to Tallahassee to see Rick Springfield and Corey Hart, and uh, my heart has beat a little faster ever since. <laughs> it was amazing. I did. I cried, and I've never cried at a concert before in my life. And everyone. I mean, Jesse's girl, of course. I mean, I guess that's the ultimate, but that speaks to me. I am Jesse's girl. <laughs> yeah, I think I think they sell. Right. That's right. Well, um, I actually met Rick Springfield on my honeymoon in Hawaii in 1985. We were at a luau, and my husband said, there's Rick Springfield, and I was so excited. So we went down there, and I needed to get my picture taken with him. My husband gets this huge Hawaiian beetle stuck down his shirt, and he's thrashing all around while I'm standing there with my arm around Rick Springfield. So I have a very blurry, terrible picture of myself and Rick Springfield. Now, it was on your honeymoon, but were you totally prepared to leave your husband, all right, if if Rick Springfield wanted to take you away? In a moment. (laughs) But he was with his family, too, so I didn't think it was right to ask. Jesse is a friend Yeah, I know he's been a good friend of mine But lately something's changed So after a night of near misses and some reschedulings We finally caught up with Rick Springfield He was nice enough to come back to our dressing room And sit down with us for about 20 minutes Here's what he had to say That's okay. How are you feeling now? Uh, I feel I'm, I'm okay. I'm getting over a cold. That's all. Yeah, that's how it is. Yeah. Well, there are, um, you know, thousands of people here who, uh, women here who would uh, drive home very unhappy if you were too sick to. Uh... I've never been too sick to play. Well, once okay. I was. Only once. Only once. Yeah. That's a good tracker. We need the, uh, I've done stuff where I couldn't. 
I couldn't get words out of my mouth, so I just had the audience sing, and it was great. It was a really <laughs> interesting show. They're going to be doing that tonight. Mm. I just wanted to ask you, what's it like when you walk into a room and, and most of the women in that room bust into tears as soon as they see you? We just interviewed a woman downstairs who met you on her honeymoon, okay? Wow. She met you on her in 1984, and I asked her, I'm like... Were you totally prepared to leave your husband if Rick wanted to, 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 to go home? And she's like, absolutely. 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 If Rick wanted me, that's fine. And the husband was probably like, all right, cool. You know, I mean, it was like the worst possible time for the husband. Here it is. He just got married. And all of a sudden, he's like, he got married. He's got either on the beach or something like that. I don't know where they were. Was it Hawaii? Where was it? She said. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, the guy's like, great, Rick Springfield. What Rick the hell? You know? yeah. But anyway. This is the well, listen, I want to take home. Yeah. Um... But anyway, it was great, and uh, congratulations. I saw that uh, was Legacy Remastered, Working Class Dog, mm. and uh, I saw Entertainment Weekly just pretty much said what a lot of young bands are saying is that, you know, all of a sudden, you know, people are appreciating, like, the power pop genius mm-hmm. of, uh, oh, of Rick Springfield, so. Yeah, it's it's been certainly cropping up. I think, you know, there's a... This is the best, uh, you know, the, the, the best defense I always had for any slamming was just waiting to see what time did with it you know yeah and um yeah. and certainly you know uh it hasn't hurt it yeah i i, I remember talking to um a guy named adam schlesinger from fountains of wayne mm-hmm. and adam schlesinger did the uh, the theme to that thing you do i think he won a, an oscar for it and oh, he was yeah. just uh he's a great songwriter mm-hmm. but i mean fountains of wayne essence of power pop like stacy's mom basically but he was just saying that you were a god like he dealt them, and I don't know if Stacy's mom was came from Jesse's girl or whatever, but you know. So there you go. So that must feel good too, because except for um, the Hagar song, you wrote the entirety of Working Class mm-hmm. Dog. Yeah, I've written everything I've done except uh, I co-wrote uh, Fair of the Heart, but uh, everything else, you know, and the Sammy Hagar song, everything else I yeah. wrote. So I know, you know, that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a writer first. That was when I was. 12 years old I wanted to be a writer before I wanted to be a songwriter yeah yeah. before other than an actor and yeah long before that I only really took up singing I was a guitar player in a band I was a lead guitar player in bands and did harmonies and I never really thought of myself as a lead singer and the only reason I I started singing was because I wanted people to hear my songs yeah yeah how do you explain because we're here tonight and we've got like four four acts on the bill all from the 80s full house everyone's just going nuts how do you how do, how do you explain like the enduring attachment to the 80s that people have um, I think it's uh, you know I, I I think people have a really small window when they accept music into their life to become part of their life I think it's you know early teens to maybe early 20s and then you know your career kicks in or you get hooked up with someone and you start a family or other things take over and there's only a short period of time where you really where music is everything and 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 it also happens to be the golden time of your life which is the teenage right. years you know yeah. so i think and i think as as radio alienates itself more and more from everybody i think they're going back quicker and quicker to uh, you know the songs that made him feel good and the times that made him feel good and I think you know the eighties was it was certainly a great radio time you know there was a lot of stuff to choose from and uh, it was really you know before all really before all the crap hit the fan you know worldwide you know right. and and I think it's a uh, it, it's kind of last safe time 
I think I don't even think you could call yeah. the 90s the last last safe time. I think 80s is the last safe. Time. I was thinking about that right. today with this coming up. We were going to do the podcast from here. That I think you're right. That I think that uh, I mean there was I guess Reagan was there, you know, and there was like some Cold War stuff. But the, yeah, the wall fell. I mean, right. You know. It was almost like a safe Cold War compared to today. Yeah, you knew you knew by that time yeah, yeah. there was no no one was going to be dropping any nukes. You know, yeah. right, right. now. We don't know um, that. <laughs> right. 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 Well, that's interesting because, I mean, in the 80s, too, I mean, even though, you know, the people here, you know, a lot, most of them grew up in the 80s, and, and that's why you were talking about the music means so much to them, but also more than any other decade that it just seems that 80s music, you know, people say 70s music, but there's something about 80s music that people always just come back to, so... You know, I guess it was it was a good time, and the music's good. Yeah, music, right? I think I think the harder the harder I got slammed, the more because I got slammed pretty hard too. Yeah, and you know, but you got that, slammed also because you were a goddamn good-looking guy. Also, <laughs> you know? well, I mean, if you have to be an <laughs> ugly dude, but who's writing Jesse's girl? You know, also being totally on the soap didn't help too. Yeah, but I think you know um, that it, it there was some great music, really great music. And I yeah. think almost the harder it gets slammed, the more there's a kind of a flip. Around. Yeah. That's a better flip around when it finally does flip over, you know. I was reading the liner notes today. The new ones you wrote, um, just kind of talking about each track on Working Class Dog. And, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you've told the story billions of times, but I didn't know that the guy's name was Gary. That The guy, the guy <laughs> you took an art class uh, for Jesse's Girl. The inspiration was took an art class and there was a guy named Gary who had a smoking hot girlfriend in there and you coveted her. Gary's Girl. Did you know that? You probably yeah. did. That's great. You got to read it on the on the line. It's, it's, it, it didn't it's, work in the song though. Yeah, no. yeah, Gary, yeah, Gary's girl, but Jesse's girl. So that was excellent. You know, you had that great line where you said, uh, you know, the moment when you met her was just, you know, she probably forgot about it, but to you, it was this momentous, yeah, occasion. Yeah, yeah. I still remember. You know, Which color hair she, she probably doesn't even know. You she know, blonde. Who I was back then. I mean, she. I'm sure she's probably aware of who Rick Springfield is, but I'm sure she doesn't know that that was that guy that kept like looking at it with doe eyes all through the freaking you know that's funny and Gary's probably thinking he dodged a bullet you know yeah. like oh god you know so Springfield almost came after my girl well that's great you know you mentioned the soap and uh, I mean of course you just appeared again on General Hospital was it back in December January I think it <coughs> yeah. was January given Given what you said earlier about, uh, you know, you think that maybe the soap didn't help with the critics back in the 80s. Did you have any second thoughts about going back? Not really. No, because now anything, you know, you got rockers forming bands and being on reality TV shows. You know, you got, uh, you know, people coming out of the woodwork and making records and, you know, getting on a reality show. I mean, it's like it's almost like there's no bad publicity anymore. So I, I certainly thought, you know, doing a reoccurring role. As a character I used to play 25 years ago that had some history at least, you know, wasn't the worst thing I could do. Um, you know, we're all looking to to get, um, I mean, I basically did it to get new music heard, you know. I mean, yeah. it brings back the fact that I'd recorded before, but all the stuff I recorded before, but it's really all just a, for me, it's all just a way to get new music heard. Which is my next question is there going to be any new music tonight that we yeah we're actually starting a show out with a new song oh, called, it's called Who Killed Excellent. Rock and Roll Excellent. Who Killed Rock and Roll Who Killed Rock and Roll was that and you wrote <laughs> you wrote that yeah um who ki- is this uh well the first line is rap put the bullet in rock and roll's head radio raped her and left her for dead so oh, it's oh, so dark I love a little it dark you know they always talk about Rick's dark. dark side. Yeah, Rick got dark on our asses. That's good. Um, 
uh, and, and Kathy was remarking about the covers album. Yes, uh, oh, I love it. Yeah, love she absolutely oh, loved your choice of covers. Yes, right? I did. I did. Oh, I love great. Under I, the Milky. Um, yeah, Under the Milky Way, Way is my yeah. favorite song. Yeah, and uh, really. Church is one of my all-time favorite yeah. bands. They never got the full attention they deserved no, over they here. Didn't. Down alright. I got no time for private consultation under the Milky Way tonight. Wish I knew what you were. Um, it, I, we tried. I tried to pick ethereal, kind of moody, atmospheric yeah, songs yeah. for it, so it had a flow. You know, it does. It does. I didn't just pull them from here and no, there. No, no, it does. It has great flow. So yeah, it, it, it flows really well as a record, and it was really fun to record too. Cool. So, do you think these days, with the way it's set up, I mean, it, it, I mean, it's a, it's kind of a singles market again. Mm -hmm. But the way music's set up, I mean, the music industry is pretty messed up, and it, there's trouble. Say, you know, you, you probably dream up great pop hooks all the time. Say you had, say Jesse's Girl never existed, but you came up with it today. Mm -hmm. You know, do you think uh, it's a totally different market now that the the response it'd be impossible no. for that to, to find an uh, no, definitely an not. I mean, I heard you know like the new Snow Patrol single, Chasing Cars. It's, and a, it's great a great tune. song. It's a great tune, and and I think that's being heard. And you know, I'm still seeing pop songs cutting through you know the stuff that they're playing. I mean, I like a lot of the rap stuff. I'm not a, I'm not anti rap at all. I'm just anti. I'm in the same ballpark where I was and when disco came along is that it's it just takes over everything and yeah. suddenly rock and, and well I call it all rock I mean rock yeah. pop whatever takes a back seat you know but it, it's never it's really I mean although I wrote a song called Who Killed Rock and Roll it's kind of tongue in cheek that it's never going to die yeah, you know, and and uh, it'll come back and, and I think you know there's certain there's always room for a great song and 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 uh, I don't bemoan the radio Really, because I'm hearing great stuff. People are putting out great songs. Yeah. Great, you know. There's different ways to hear them. iTunes. There's different yeah. ways to get all the music out there. You may not make as much money as we used to make in the old days. You know, for the unless you know you're like the one of the five favored uh, yeah. female singers that the that the record companies are throwing all the money right. behind. But God bless them too. You know. But uh, um, there's ways to get your music out there, and really, that's all. That matters, you know. I mean, I I never counted on money. I mean, it's to me it was getting music out there. You right. know, the fact that money followed was kind of like a a bonus. You know. Yeah. Okay. What do you see yourself doing two years, five years, ten years from now? Um, if I'm still writing, which I hope to be, I'll still be and still in shape to be able to do a uh, you know an energy energetic show. I'll still be touring and writing, and I hope to be recording. And I hope to be. Uh, I have my own studio now. And maybe working with someone else, you know, uh, working with uh, maybe some young people who uh, who I think are great. Um, Do you ever hear from uh, other bands, younger bands who are coming up, who are influenced by you? Maybe somebody who surprised you, they came up and they're like, hey, you meant a lot to us. Um, yeah, I hear that, you know, different from different angles all the time. People referencing me or, you know, not necessarily saying it to me, but referencing me. Um, and that's, uh, you know, that's great. I mean, I was inspired the same way, so... Yeah, it's yeah. it's 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 natural that it happens, you know, and um, especially someone like me, I think a lot of bands are are almost wear it as a badge of honor that they that I influenced them because it was oh, yeah. so anti when I was growing I up. Think, yeah. I, was, I think that's you know. really what we're seeing now. It's that finally you're getting... I'm kind of the antichrist of, uh, of, 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 of hip-hop music. <laughs> <laughs> but not anymore. But now the, now, the yeah. hip thing now. is to say... Yeah. 
Yeah. We love uh, Rick Springfield. Yeah, I mean, I heard something the other. Someone sent me something the other day where one of the guys, some good Charlotte, was DJing, and he was, and they they mentioned two songs that he's playing. One was the, the new, the new, uh, what's the, the American Idol girl, Kathy Fee. Kelly Clarkson and the other oh, one was Kelly Jesse's Clarkson. girl. <laughs> oh, really? Excellent. Excellent. Hey, how about that? How about um, you're kind of a natural fit for American Idol? Would you go on there and uh, and do something like that? No, I don't really. I know that's kind of that's good. to me. Although I think some good careers can come out of it, and some really talented people get on it. I still think it has a kind of a game show yeah. mentality. You know, I mean, here there's great bands and great artists who work their hearts out and perform in crap clubs and. Thank you. And um, it's really hot in here. Must be I, know, I know, I know. We didn't pay the bill or something. Well, it's not um, but it's, uh, uh, I, I, it just has a, a certain unrock edge about it. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't get away from it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, hard to hold, DVD version. <laughs> when, when's it going to come out? I don't know. I think I'm, I think I've seen it. Is it? Uh, I was yeah. gonna say you should do a commentary. You should do a commentary. No, they. I think they asked me to, but I wasn't really interested. <laughs> really? You want to put that behind you? No, it's just the I sound. Know. It can't be the soundtrack. The soundtrack. No, rocks. soundtrack's great. Yeah, yeah I could certainly. And Patty Hansen is in that, right? Yes. Patty Hansen, did, yeah, you, Keith, did Keith ever show up? Yeah, when you he guys did. Were he came down because she was talking about me, and I, and I heard he came down saying, "Who's this Rick Springfield guy? I got to check him out." So he came down one night. He was very cool. He looked like was Dracula, it? but he was. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I always wondered, like, when Springfield meets Keith Richards. I know. <laughs> what's, uh, what happens there? Yeah, because she's got some hot that. scenes in that, right? Yeah, she's, yeah, like, yeah. in her underpants. I remember that was very influential to me when I was <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, she was a very hot girl, too. She was with that very... smoky voice. Yeah. yeah, she was hot. Will we get to hear uh, Love Somebody tonight? Yeah, Love? sure. Oh, cool. yeah. My favorite ones to do live, that's actually. Great, it really that's, works that's live. All-time favorite song. How about Souls? Uh, Souls is a little more of a. Uh, uh, it's a tougher one because it's uh, so long, and people yeah. who don't know it, it can. You know, I, I, I want the show to, to just fire all the way through, and yeah. so uh, I do it when there's like real heavy fan, uh, hardcore fan shows. But uh, you know, when the shows like this, uh, we just try try to hit them hard and leave. What are you doing you know? about uh, seventy minutes? I don't know. Over seventy-five. 75. Excellent. Yeah, it's shorter than we normally do, but you know we can pack it. You know in. why? Uh, you know, you're, this is a great tour, and all these bands have been great to us, and really fun, and we, we <coughs> like hearing Eddie money and stuff. But why connect to a tour like this? I mean, you could Rick Springfield can tour on your own, and well, I do actually. We're yeah. only doing a couple of these dates. Oh, okay, we're doing like five of them, I think. And it was just you know recommended. Sony called us and said we want you on the show because you know we got it's part of the we are the 80s right, albums that they release yeah you know and it, it didn't seem like a bad idea we added them later on around all our own shows yeah but um you know it gets to a slightly larger audience you know at times and um i don't know it seemed like a good idea at right. the time you still having fun doing it then yeah very yeah, much thrill so. from it yeah i wouldn't do it if i wasn't do you fun. take any of your own solos guitar solos yeah yeah oh yeah very much so how do you rank yourself as a guitarist What's that? How do you rank yourself as a guitarist? Um, I always surprise people because I'm better at sitting down playing guitar. I always play my own guitar in, you know, in the studio. It's always, I play everything. But uh, on stage, I have a backup just because I leap around like a fool so much. You yeah. know? But when I, when I concentrate, I'm a good guitar player. Yeah, cool. 
Excellent. Wow. I've been playing for 35 years, so I'd have to have some expertise. Real quick, you're talking about your influences. Like, when you were young, who'd you listen to? Who'd you spin? Guitar-wise, you mean? No, like music-wise, oh, well, the Beatles were the big heavy ones, obviously, for me. Um, before that was a band called Cliff Richard and the Shadows. I lived in England. I was a, Cliff Richard, yeah. I was a he's young like guy in Elton, England. Well, well, he's like their Elton John. Elton John would be their Elton John. He was like their Elvis. He was their kinder, gentler Elvis. You right. Know? right. And, uh, and he was big for us. You know, when I was like 11 years old, they were huge. First time I saw a Fender Strat was in uh, the Shadows and fell in love with guitars then. And... and um, uh, it was amazing, you know. That uh, that was a really influence. Guitar music was originally my influence. Was surf music and yeah. And then the Beatles came along and and. Uh, Did you ever, ever get a chance to, to have you ever met Paul? Yeah, I met anything? Paul. I met yeah. Elvis. Paul. Did you meet Elvis? <laughs> and at the time you met Elvis, you were probably bigger than Elvis. At the no, time. no, I was nineteen seventy two. I was hardly known. I just <laughs> come over here and I met him on a plane going back to to Australia, and he was really. I I was managed at the time by the guy who directed the um, the comeback. His comeback special. Oh, really? And so I had something to talk to him about, you know, rather than, hey, Elvis, I dig you, yeah, man, exactly. which I didn't at the time. I wasn't an Elvis fan, but but I am now. But yeah. um, so I had a girlfriend back in Australia who was a big fan, so I just had him sign an autograph for her. That's great. When Rick Springfield met Elvis. Okay, cool. Hey, well, listen, it's been an absolute yes. pleasure. Yeah, You're great. And we're all... Thank you. We're going to flip out tonight, too. Right, and I won't yes. scream out for souls now that I know. <laughs> yeah. I won't do my... You know. Well, that's great. You're a pleasure. Yes, Good luck to you. you. It's an honor. Oh. I am I'm gone. I have nothing left to give. I know. No, I don't either. What a fantastic show. Yes. And is, you know what? It was uh, not just the, the men, but the women, too. Uh, beautiful crowd. A lot of beautiful people. I thought it would <laughs> be... Yeah, like the girl next to me. No, our Native American. <laughs> she was interesting. But I'm just saying there were some handsome men, too. And I, I saw you gawking a little bit. Mm, um, no. And oh, not just at Rick. Yeah. Rick. Yeah. It was a great night, though. It was a great, great night. I, I love the 80s. I know. <laughs> I love, I love the it. 80s. I mean, usually I throw in my love. Our first road trip. Our first road trip. I think it went well. I'm glad we chose this one over the Sticks Foghat Forum. Uh, Even though Steve Persall, Times film critic Steve Persall, has been calling me all night, um, bad mouthing me, saying that I should be at Sticks Foghat Forum. No, No, not happening. Not without Dennis DeYoung. We're not going to. And we're going on the road next week too. Yeah, don't forget. Next week you can catch us over at uh, the Tampa Theater for the uh, Pretty in Pink party. Stop by and see us. We're out there. Going to be there for like two hours. Right. Yeah. We're gonna have lots of freebies, hats, pens, shirts. Underwear. Uh, really? Steve's dirty Steve's underwear. Hey, we'll give away Rick's Springfield snot rag. Yeah, that's, that's and half of his uh, We can PBJ. shrink wrap it. What kind of sandwich was it? Did you I check it out Rick's Springfield? No, I think it was chicken salad. I can smell it from here. <laughs> oh, foul. It was, right. was Rick Springfield eating a chicken salad sandwich. Uh, What's foul about that? That's, that's poetry. <laughs> All right, I'm leaving. <laughs> anyway, catch us next week. And in the meantime, we are... Hopelessly, eternally sweaty, sweaty, sweaty in the eighties. <laughs> All right, bye everybody. Bye. bye. Ciao. Stuck in the eighties is produced by the online departments of the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. The show is engineered by Dave Morrison. 
Special thanks to Jill Holcomb and Lex Poppins of Ruth Eckerd Hall for their assistance in this week's show. And remember, you can subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. So we just tolerated the worst stand-up comic act in the history of uh, pre-concert-ishness. But it, I, I just, I think Sean phrased it best when he said, what did you say, Sean? Please, dear God, put a bullet in my skull. And uh, someone, someone threw up in front of us. Oh, I'm sorry. We're sorry. We thought maybe it was a rock and roll vomit, but it was just her little boy. Okay. We feel bad for mentioning it on iTunes.